smell has never been much to me It's never even been a possibility The aroma of this sweet old earth is more my cup of tea Christian Carguy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now, nip it in the bud. Nip it in the bud. You got to nip it in the bud. Vacuum car smell has never been much to me. It's never even been a possibility. The aroma of this sweet old earth is more my cup of tea. I got a compost pile growing underneath my seat. Car smell today on the <laughs> Christian Car Guy Show. <laughs> Do you like that smell, or would you prefer to have a compost compost pile underneath your seat? Which that songwriter will go on to tell you that it creates great warmth. <laughs> he doesn't even have to have a heater with the compost pile underneath his seat. But you know what? The question that I would love to ask you is: What is the secret to getting or keeping? That new car smell. 866-348-7884, 866-34-TRUTH. And there's new car smell all over your life. I don't know if you ever noticed that, but, you know, God's nostrils are getting a smell of most anything that's going on. And so if you happen to get in a car accident, there's an immediate smell that comes up. <laughs> then you get the insurance companies involved and there may be some olfactory experience there <laughs> and if they really go at each other then you get attorneys now you're getting what i'm st- <laughs> stink stank stunk so we An have old factory smell <laughs> we have bill mix and our christian insurance guy and really one of my Great. Uh, uh, the, both these guys have been my friends for over 20 years. Our attorney in both of our cases, right, Bill? Adam Draper, but more than that, our dear, dear friend and brother in the Lord. To talk about those things when things got get a little stinky and how to, how to create that new car smell back in your relationship with the, maybe that other driver or maybe the insurance company or maybe that. So we're going we're gonna to be going there, right, Bill? You got a lot. You're armed for bear. Well, we, we had some ideas. We're going to see how they fit in with your ideas and have a good time. And Adam, it's great to have you back. You haven't been on the Christian Car Guys show probably in six or seven years. It's been you, a while. You don't invite me enough, Robbie. <laughs> so, really, it is a cool time. If you got that legal question, maybe you've been hurt in an accident or you got something like that, because you have here both, you know, in my view, very well trusted insurance agent and, and attorney in the state of North Carolina, but I'm sure he would be happy to tell you a little bit about Washington, you know, whatever, you know, laws aren't that much different. So getting back to the cultural phenomenal phenomenon of new car smell, you see, my father worked for Buick Motor Division when I was growing up, and then the next 40 years I spent in the new car business. So new car smell really has a keen place in my sensual understanding, not just of a car, but really my whole life. So when I sit in a car, or seriously, any car, I immediately have a sense of how that car has been cared for, how it's been loved, really. 
you know, having sat in thousands and thousands of new cars and used cars, I believe that there is an all-factory giveaway to years of care or years of abuse and neglect. If you want to experiment with this yourself, go to any rent-a-car place you want, Hertz, Avis, and just sit in a few cars with varied mileages and take a big whiff as soon as you sit in the seat. And I'm going to bet you there's going to be some of them that smell like wet socks or stale smoke. And then you go back and sit in one that just came in, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, so many things in life are like this. There's no magic formula to what makes it happen, the smell that things give off. Though I do get a kick out of the little tree car deodorizer guys. They have one labeled, if you go to your car store, carport store right now, there's one called New Car Smell, it's blue. <laughs> you hang that from your rear view mirror and, and you can have new car smell, so they say. Well, guys, I don't think you can hang it from a rear view mirror. The smell comes from L-O-V-E and will continue with love. You see, Henry Ford, David Buick, Walter Chrysler, and all their descendants, descendants, designers, engineers, and suppliers, you see, they love their stuff. Unfortunately, they may have even idolized it, but certainly with that comes a smell. And the Bible is all too clear on this. I'm going to get your attention here in a second. The Song of Solomon, verse, excuse me, chapter 1, verse 13 says, My lover is a pouch of myrrh passing the night between my breasts. Now that I have your full attention, I'm sure you got to admit, that one beats new car smell. <laughs> Ask any lover, really, who's received a perfume letter. Have you ever gotten one, Bill? A perfumed, a perfumed letter? Yeah. You mean with a good smell? Yeah. Yeah, like from a, you know, you got a, have you ever gotten a perfume letter? I've gotten some stinky letters oh, before. Oh, yeah, I understand. But see, love is accompanied sensually, really, through an olfactory experience, no doubt. You know, have you ever sent an, a perfume letter? Have you ever got one? See, the Beach Boys' Brian Wilson put it like this, and it's, it's beautiful. You might know the, the song Good Vibrations. If you go by the verses, he says, I love the colorful clothes she wears and the way the sunlight plays upon her hair. I hear the sound of a gentle word or the wind that her perfume, excuse me, or the wind that lifts her perfume through the air. I mean, this guy's in love. I mean, this is a picture of love. Brian Wilson was in love with himself, man. Well, I, you know, that's, that's another whole story. But he spoke of love. And this week, I wanted to go deeper into that verse. Deeper in the Song of Solomon, I wanted to see what God was really after. And as I began to pray about that, and you may know that I ask God for a word every day. And as I'm in this verse, asking God for a word, he gives me the word drink. And at first, that totally confused me. Then I went and looked it up. And the first place you'll find drink in the Bible is in Genesis 19, where Lot's daughter seduced him by having mm. him drink wine. And I immediately thought about that, wow. Song of Song, chapter 5, verse 1, you get the same idea. I've come into my garden, my sister, my bride. I've gathered my myrrh with my spurs, my spice. I've eaten my honeycomb with honey. I've drunk my wine with my milk. My milk. There it is again. Both the myrrh and the breasts and the smell, and yes, drink is involved. And then I thought about the Beatitudes. Get this, Bill. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst... For righteousness, for they will be filled. And I asked the question, I landed on this. I think it's significant. Have you ever asked the question, what are the specific ways we hunger versus the way we thirst spiritually? 
And after some study, I went and read a really long sermon by Spurgeon, gave me some of this, but some of it the Holy Spirit gave me. And after some study, I came up with these thoughts that I believe you'll find useful, not just with your new car smell, but with your insurance agent and with your children and with your wife. (laughs) According to Spurgeon, that's Charles Haddon, not the Surgeon General. When we eat something, (laughs) it becomes totally ours. Once you have it going down your esophagus, it's totally yours. Ain't nobody else going to touch it. But in the case of eating, your body has to get the nutrients. It has to digest it. And, of course, that's my experience with Bible study and often deep conversations. So I have my wife or my children or my dear friends like who are sitting with me. Before I can receive the benefit, I have to digest it. But drinking is different, although drink does become yours as soon as it goes down your esophagus as well. Drink, especially alcohol almost immediately passes through your stomach lining and goes directly into your bloodstream. Drink may make it to the beginning of your small intestines, but for the most part, it provides an instant benefit. And such is intimacy and affection. I don't have to digest a hug or a kiss from my kids, and Tammy, my wife, can hold my hand and it's wowzers. So this led me some real repenting that I needed on my part. I'm not near affectionate enough around those I love, causing them to require their thirst be quenched elsewhere. And even there, do I point them to living water? Yes, that passage in the Song of Song has everything to do with drink, affection, and intimacy. The first drink each and every one of us ever took was designed to come from a breast in phenomenal affection and intimacy. Even if it came from bottle, it still comes with phenomenal affection and intimacy. Think about it. Many, many, many passages about thirst. Even Jesus' first miracle had to do with thirst, right? Mm -hmm. And his fifth word from the cross was, I thirst. And what was he thirsting for? His father's affection. He turned his back on it. It was right before he said, Eloi, Eloi, right? So, Father, really, help us to be thirsty, right, for the right affection and love and to provide affection and love to those who we love, including your car. And I will bet you, if you show your car that kind of love and affection where you really, really love it, and of course, there's a lot bigger things than cars, I know, then it, too, will have new car smell. we got lots coming up from Bill and Adam about other smells. We want your story about how to get new car smell and keep it. And, of course, you may have something for me about digestion that I need to know. (laughs) 866-348-7884. 866-34-TRUTH. We need you. Call us. I love the colorful clothes you wear and the way the sunlight plays upon her head I hear the sound of a gentle on the wind that perfume through the air What's your secret to new car smell today on the Christian Car Guy Show? And again, all of life, I think, to some extent, as I process it, being a car person, has a new car smell or it does not. (laughs) 
You process so, all of life that way, Rob? Uh, you know how it goes. It just, you know, when you sat in so many cars, you realize that everything puts off a particular smell, and it really is a way to understand some things is by how they smell. And you know, God is, God, you mm-hmm. know, it's everything he's talking about. I get the odor and, the, you know, he, it all about the sacrifices, you know, it was all coming up there. So, and it's interesting that it goes in there. We need your input, 866-348-7884, and talk about a sweet smell this week with the Jesus Labor Love, which is car repair labor for single moms, widows, and families in crisis. You know, I had another uh, example of where somebody donated a car. I'm talking about donation of an entire car. They called me and they said, Robbie, I got this car. You know, I was going to trade it in, but then I'd heard your show, and I just thought it would be so much better you know, for this car to go to somebody else's hands. And, and so it's amazing to me. I have all these different applications that come in, you know, every week. And I get a chance then when I have a car to start praying, God, who's going to get this car? Mm. You know, which one of these is the one, you know, that would be an order, that would be the right need, that would be the right fit? And, you know, I see that all get to come together because often I'm there at the DMV when the exchange happens between the person that, because the way we do that is we actually take the person who's getting the car and have the person who's donating it sign it directly over to the person getting it. That way you don't have to pay taxes or anything twice on it, just to the, the person who's getting the car and all that. So the, the donor meets the donee. I get to see that. Oh, cool. <laughs> and I get to see you know, the spirit of the event and, and even the spirit of the people standing in the DMV line as they begin to understand, because there's always a DMV line, as they begin to understand what's happening. And you don't think that smells good to God? Mm. The, the appreciation that the donee is, has and the, and the opportunity that the donor has, and I've, I've watched this many times, and it, it, it's amazing to me how much the donors get out of it. I'm not so certain they don't get more than the donees. Mm-hmm. But this time, this girl, you know, she had a family, five children. You know, she had some desperate situations. And, oh, my goodness, I'm just telling you, when God gave us the Christian Car Guy show, this ministry of the Jesus Labor Love, of course, I love it every time somebody gets their car repaired and all that stuff through. But just what I get to see, the aroma that's going up to God. And don't think that there wasn't sacrifice involved in the man giving up a car. I mean, don't miss the picture here (laughs) of what's going on. And so you may know of somebody that has a need for help. Jesus Labor Love at ChristianCarGuy.com. You may know somebody who wants to donate a car. You may yourself want to donate money or a car or labor or want to help us with the cause. Go to ChristianCarGuy.com. Check out the Jesus Labor Love. It's all there, and and it all is an amazing opportunity, I think, for God to show off in amazing ways. I see it all the time. But Bill, you've you got a topic here that really, you know, unfortunately is part of your work is that people begin to get into these situations where they've got claims and it gets, it can get stinky if without the right help. Well, claims are important. Without claims, there'd be no reason to give me a paycheck. <laughs> but no, they're me all... Too. Yes, sir. And, you know, I I like to think that if it weren't for insurance agents and insurance companies, poor attorneys would not make nearly as much money. 
That's right. You know, we've got to, to think about what happens when something bad happens ahead of time. If you do a little bit of planning ahead of time, your life is so much easier. Uh, one thing I've seen throughout my career is people will have a little bitty accident and they will think that the other person's at fault and really the other person's not at fault. <laughs> and uh, they'll get into a claim situation and get really, really frustrated. One great reason to have an agent that sits across the table from you instead of somebody sitting in a cubicle is you can sit down and do a little bit of planning. And one thing that I think is very important is prayer. If you're in an accident, you need to say a prayer. When you get out of the accident, you need to make sure that everybody's safe. And you you need to, to make sure that whatever happened doesn't cause a bigger accident. Then you need to take a deep breath and assess the situation. And in some cases, if you've got one of those agents that sits across the table from you, it's a great time to call them and say, help me figure out what's going on. Um, gather all the appropriate information, figure out if there are any witnesses, look around and see if there are any cameras pointing your way. Yeah, but Bill, what if you are in a situation with someone who doesn't have an agent because they used somebody they hired over the telephone? Uh, We can fix that. If you'll call (laughs) me, we can fix that problem for you right quick. Um, You got to be careful when you call in. There's certain companies out there with 800 numbers that are very bad about letting you go after one accident. Uh, in any event, one of the questions in my mind is when is a good time to call an attorney? And I like to make sure I tell my clients that, you know, part of the reason you're paying me is that you and I can figure out what the best thing to do is and what the appropriate steps are so that you don't have to call an attorney immediately. I think that Adam will agree with me that if there's no bodily injury involved and there's just property damage, there's not really a great reason to give a third or 20% of your your check that you're going to receive to an attorney. Adam, when do you think somebody should call an attorney when it comes to an accident? You know, most of the, and for me, and I think most most attorneys that do personal injury work, the call's free, so it's not going to hurt you to call an attorney. That depends on the attorney. Uh, well, we're getting back to the stink idea. <laughs> yeah. You know, I can agree with that. I mean, I've heard horror stories too, but I mean, that's it. That goes all around. Well, it's good on that phone call to make sure you understand what they're going to charge you to sit down and give them the information. And it's important to know what information to take with you when you call call on the attorney. Yeah, I mean, you want to know, but I mean, most places, and you can make sure upfront when you call in, is this call free? Is my consultation free? But usually, it's going to be. Your initial consultation with the attorney is free. Okay, well, what's what are you gonna get out of that? That's, that's so you may have a question. You're right. In a second, you're going. I want to call Adam. I want to call Bill. 866-348-7884. 866-34-TRUTH. We'll get more of this insurance attorney debate when we get back. never been much to me it's never even been a possibility the aroma of this sweet old earth is more my cup of tea i got a compost pile growing underneath my seat yeah how about you do you have new car smell or do you have a compost pile 
growing underneath your seat. <laughs> I can assure you, it's all too easy if you get involved in an insurance claim. Too far, in all sorts of different ways, you can begin to get a compost pile growing underneath your seat. But I wanted to um, offer up a couple thoughts before we get back into Bill and Adam's discussion. Again, today we have on the show with us Adam Draper, who's an attorney here. We both, Bill and I, have, he's our attorney and our friend. And I can't tell you how many times he's told me, Robbie, you don't need an attorney. <laughs> Robbie, go handle, you know, it's wonderful to have a Christian brother in that position wherever you are, wherever you find yourself today in New York or Washington. Man, I, this is just one of my dearest friends to to know that I can come to him and just bear it all out how I'm really feeling how mad I am and everything else and he just you know just cuts it straight with me but one of the things and same with Bill to have an insurance agent and Bill's my insurance agent as you might guess that if something happens to me you know my first call is going to be to Bill and shortly thereafter if I begin to get concerned it would be to Adam so it's a wonderful thing to have that kind of firepower around you that God is protecting you with and usually against yourself <laughs> because it's your compost pile, brother. I mean, I was just all, you know, that's kind of, uh, where, that's where that comes from. But one of the beautiful words that I really enjoy um, that you'll find in the Bible is the word disciple. And it was in the Great Commission and God said, go make those guys. And when you dig into that word, it's an enthusiastic learner. But in order to be a learner, you have to have a question. And so what I find about great disciples, and both of those guys sitting right here with me right now, they always have great questions that they're pondering, you know, that they're really questions beyond them, questions that are going to require the Holy Spirit and the Bible and all sorts of things in order to discern, you know, where, what's at the heart of this question. But I know that one of my early questions to Adam, I think it's worth asking, is why would you ever hire an attorney when the Bible clearly says, <laughs> you know, you're obviously you're a child because you're bringing things to court. And so the whole idea originally is I was in my early walk of faith is like, why in the world? And why in the world would I ever talk to an attorney about anything? Because then now I'm taking people to court. And so, you know, I have reason through that over, but, but I would love Adam's take on that. Wow. Well, Man, the first thing that I would tell you is is that Paul's admonition about that, or was it? It was Jesus was talking about. Um, not, no, it was, was Paul. Paul. It was Paul. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I remember. Um, why would you take a brother to court? There you go. Okay. How do you know that's who you're up against? One for one, and if you you are dealing, you know that the person, you know, is filled with the Holy Spirit of God and love. And you've tried to deal with them with that, okay? And it's not happening. There is a process in which they're either going to engage with you as a Christian or they're not. If they don't, then what are you supposed to do, okay? And if you call me, first of all, I'm going to give you the advice from a Christian, because if you want advice about being a Christian and how we're supposed to function in this, please ask me, okay? But I'm probably going to give you advice anyway and ask you if you're a Christian. 
ooh, I just stepped on the third rail of what are you talking about? <laughs> okay, but no, I do it. And I do it anyway. And I do it deliberately because we do have to be mindful of that. And I, I really am. Well, you also got to find the verse in there that talks about corporations. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things that I... That's I, it's so true, Bill. That there is a, okay. there is a verse about corporation. But no, I'm just kidding. There's, <laughs> here, here, here's a little bit of how I have come through that. Is, is number one with many counselors plans succeed. And, and when you have an attorney who is also a phenomenal brother, is second, you lay your situation out, number one, he has all this expertise to give you to mm-hmm. say, well, mm-hmm. this is really how the law looks at that, Robbie, and this is how judges are going to deal with that kind of thing and whatever. And you're going to have all sorts of insight, you know, that you would not have had you know, to put a lot of things to rest that you would be building a compost pile with. Well, because otherwise, if you think about it, it's kind of like on, on Oh Brother, Where Art There when Del Mar goes, well, the Lord said I was forgiven for that robbery. And and the other guy says, well, Del Mar, the state of Mississippi, sees it differently. <laughs> well, the the attorney wasn't part of that verse. They're saying go into court. You don't right, take I, someone I to agree. court. Yeah. And most of what Adam does is to keep you out of court. And the other thing to keep in mind is you can avoid an insurance policy by making a settlement on your own. So if there are two people mm-hmm. in an accident and they shake hands and one of them says, look, don't worry about it. Just give me $200 Whoa. and we're fine. Well, his transmission drops out of his car a week later and he calls you up and says, look, my, my transmission guy says that you owe me for this $3,000 transmission it was a lot bigger accident than you thought it was. Then you call your insurance company and they say, oh, we're so sorry. You settled this thing without calling us first. So don't misapply the scripture verses. Well, that that is my point, is that, mm-hmm. that I obviously, the first time I dealt with this, I got crushed, you know, behind the Jeep. Yeah. Yeah. And so here I was with Chrysler being the corporation. You're very talking. I mean, I, I lived this. And so, you know, these were all things that I had to process. And I know there's other people out there probably like me, just ignorant. And, you know, like, wow, what does this mean? And how do I apply this? Because it's clear there. And and it, and I think that, you know, it's part of the initiation. God is, is teaching us how to be sons through, you know, the legal environment. Well, there are lots of people out there that save a few dollars on their insurance by cutting out the agent. Well, those few dollars was for the advice that you can get and the counsel you can get as somebody that can sit there and explain to you, you know, it really doesn't operate the way you think it does and can provide you with some additional questions and additional insight. I have questions for Bill. Bill's a CPCU. Okay. And when I have a question about the, the functioning, particularly of a homeowner's policy or something like that. What's the CEC? What well, uh, really, I'm a L-U-T-C-F, but uh, I did okay, major well, in insurance. Well, one of you just, just I did tell us major, what those are. I majored in insurance <laughs> what in college. What is L-U-T-C-F? I majored in insurance in college, so I've got a little bit more knowledge than some of the people that used to sell shoes before they got into insurance. <laughs> but what does that mean, L-U-T-C-F? You got, just, what does that mean? Well, really what it means is I'm really good at selling life insurance and teaching other people to sell life insurance. So but the main L, point— just, just give me the acronym. What is the L-U? What does that say? Life Under Underwriters Training Fellowship. Okay. But a better way to put it is I majored in insurance in college, and that's where what knowledge I've got has been able to and help So when me. you have questions, Adam, you call Bill. 
I, I, there are questions that I call Bill for. Question, Bill calls me about some things. He and I talk about this a lot. But the perspective of someone who actually lives and knows the insurance side of things is just huge. And you bear in mind, I've defended insurance companies. I've been an insur- in insurance defense lawyer. I, I've sued them and I've defended them. But it is really, really, really important that you pay attention to someone that's in this business. There's nomenclature. There's things that that these phrases mean that the average person is not. I don't know them until I call Bill and go, Bill, what is that? And Bill will explain it to me. So those are the phrases works. that are in the contracts? Well, yeah. there's more or than the, the contract. There's also general statutes. The The laws of mm-hmm. North Carolina supersede what you read in the in the policy, and then some judge comes along, and the judge says, I really don't know what the hell I'm talking, excuse me, don't know what what I'm talking about, so I'm going to misapply the two. So there are court cases that supersede. Keith, you didn't know this, but you have a dump button. (laughs) Whenever I have Bill on from now on, you just be ready. Dang, insurance agents. (laughs) You you made the mistake of bringing attorneys and and, and, uh, judges into a conversation about general statute that's that's a that's a really good point it's nowhere near as simple as just what the contract says no and and i would also you know in in your defense because i always hear that you know you can you can see that burr under bill saddle about you know somebody sitting in a cubicle that versus an agent or calling an agent but my experience has been when you really want to get to savings is when you have the coverage that you need i mean to, to save 15% on car insurance, but then when the tree falls on your car and it costs you six grand. Okay, instead of- let, me, let me give you a, a direct example of this. Right. Okay, so I had a, had a homeowner's insurance claim uh, that involved a person with their um, uh, their septic tank backing, backing up and some overflow and all kinds of stuff like that. And there was a, an issue in that about whether or not it was covered. And I called Bill. And, and Bill said, you know, you need backup sewers and drains coverage. I went out and bought it. Okay, I didn't have it on my house. Bill told me, do you know what kind of coverage you need? This is what you have an agent for. All right. I have no idea. Backup sewers and, wow, because septic tanks. They well, can... flood's not covered mm-hmm. under a homeowner's policy. And flood is so we got more. Law. You got questions, we got answers. 866. <laughs> you can handle the truth. 866-348-7884. From noon onward, there was darkness over the whole land until mid-afternoon. Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. You may wonder, why did Robbie play that? (laughs) Robbie played it because it has everything to do with smell. It has everything to do with thirst. It has everything to do with new car smell. Because, you see, Jesus is thirsting on the cross. That's his fifth word. The sixth word is what you just heard. It's him explaining why he's thirsting. 
and I know that he was fisting, thirsting physically because he'd been through some amazing spiritual stuff. I mean, physical stuff that lost blood and all that other stuff. But in my heart, I, I know what Jesus was really feeling because he's the only person, if you think about it, ever in the history of all the world that God turned his back on. Right, we've had God with us. Even we weren't Christians. You're looking at like that, Bill. Go ahead, fire I'm, away. I'm, you're I'm you're not well. Sure, with... God turned His back on him. He had to. Well, he he let him go through a difficult situation, but he still walked. He watching. couldn't see the sin, right, Dan? I mean, I'm. I'm you're not going to jump in that, okay? D- yeah, I'm. I'm staying out of that one. <laughs> but he did say, "Why have you abandoned me?" So well, he was feeling me. something. He was yes, he certainly was feeling something. Yeah, and. You know, there was something there that we've never had to experience um, and never will because of the thirst quenching that Jesus has given us all our entire lives. And 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 as a result of that, we've been forgiven much. You know, it, it's an interesting time to find ourselves. How can we take a bad-smelling situation like what we've been talking about with these insurance situations or legal situations or even the compost pile underneath your seat and begin to bring something that smells good in God's nostrils. You got to clean out the bad first. You got to find the source of the smell. Uh, there you go. Well, that's yeah. that's part of it. But when I really look in my own life, and I think, and this is just true, I I don't know that I ever can remember my father kissing me. And most of the time, when I go to hug him, he'll hold out his hand like he wants to shake my hand. <laughs> Maybe you didn't smell very good. <laughs> it could be. It could be. But I guess, you know, my father wasn't a touchy-feely kind of, you know, just wasn't his deal. And so I was not that way with my children until actually in the last year and a half, I've begun to see this anointing in a new way and, and, and begin to understand affection and, and all these kind of things, and I don't want anybody to miss this, that, oh, my goodness, I kissed my daughter on the head, my 28-year-old daughter on the head a couple weeks ago as I was hugging her, and I'm pretty sure that's the first time I've kissed her since she was three or four years old. Wow. And, you know, that's convicting to me. You know, really, am I giving my the people that I love the most, my wife, my children, you know, my friends, am I giving them what God is giving me, right? Because if I climb up in Papa's lap in prayer, he's mm-hmm. going to kiss me, he's going to hug me. And in the second Psalm, you know, it's Jesus says, it, uh, it's, it's an amazing thing, it's always kind of freaked me out, but it says, kiss the son lest he be angry. Hmm. It says that, Bill, go look. I, I just <laughs> don't remember it. I don't remember every single verse. Well, that's okay. I'm sitting here it's thinking okay. that it's the It's one of those that just always got under my skin a little bit like, really, I'm supposed to kiss the sun? You know, it just didn't feel good in me because that wasn't how I experienced life. Hmm. But the more I've begun to walk into that affection and the immediate need of it, you were speaking earlier, Adam, on how – we, we get that taste for milk on our mouth, and then the meat is a different thing. Yeah, because it, it's, that's, what, that's what drives us, of course, is this intimacy to, to know his affection and then drives you for the understanding of the rest of it. 
which is how can you require this outrageousness of me? Like, I'm the only one that's still alive. Everybody that serves you gets dead, and I'm stuck in this cave. And yet the dad's going, oh, why'd you come out of there? What are you, what are you doing? There's 7,000 haven't bent their knee to fall. You don't know everything. Come on, man. Well, speak to that since I happen to have you on my show, and I know that, Eloy, Eloy, you know, that, speak to that. Yeah, so David is actually the one that wrote that, but you've got to know in, in your heart that when, when Jesus spoke that out on the cross, there is some interplay between, although David is the one that spoke it, Eli, Eli, Yani, Sabachthani, Okay, when Jesus uttered that on the cross, they thought he was calling on Elijah. And of course, it sounds like Eli, and yeah, maybe his, he had been beaten up. Maybe that's what that sounds like. Uh, on, the, on the other hand, Elijah's utterance of that in the cave okay, is the quintessential cry of the human heart. It is what the rabbis call agmat nefesh, which is disillusionment of betrayal when you didn't deserve it. He's saying, this is what happens to us. We all, we serve you and we all end up dead. And now I'm the last one. They're coming from me. And God is saying, don't do that. No, what, what, what I want from you is for you to just love me. Just trust me. Trust in that nature, that smell, that, that what you got between my breasts, trust in that period beyond anything that happens and then look what I'll do for you because when Abraham did for did that for me you got Jesus yeah, yeah. come on yeah. that's what we're called to but you know that that cry and again mm. I've had Adam as a friend a long time so I know what that means that that sense of betrayal how could I deserve this because I'm I'm your guy God I thought we were tight yes yes <laughs> and so how could this insurance thing be happening to me how come you know this car breaks down how come these things in in the immediate cry of the heart is I thought you were my I thought you I thought I was your guy <laughs> in that the the betrayal that happens you know all the time you you mentioned this when you when you're feeling that though you've got to recognize that that's the enemy so who are you communing with and out of abundance of the heart the mouth speaks right and so what i advise clients all the time is come on pay attention to what's really going on here you are, are an eternal life you are going to live forever the reason for that is love the reason for that is to glorify god the reason for that is that you're his and you're going to express that here, and he's going to express that through you. So if that's it, what are you really doing here? And if you can remember that and deal with the people that you're working with on that, it helps most of the time. Other times, it's not going to because you're not dealing with a human. You're dealing with a corporation. And you know, right. if you need and, that, and then call me, and I'll walk you through it. And before that, Bill, you, you <clears throat> said it really well that, that – the Democrats and the Republicans and so many things that are going on right now are demonizing the, the other team. And, and that leads to a stink. Mm -hmm. The vast majority of the public is right in between all the issues. And, it, and everything gets presented to us as two extremes. 
so that we all look at the other extreme and think bad, awful thoughts about them, and we assume that they are 100% opposite of what we believe when they really aren't. They're that's, really that's right. 5% different than what we believe. And I don't know about the rest of you. I don't always agree with myself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like to think I, uh, I think about what I... And it, We've got to have that wonderful smell. We've got to smell good. Well, it's going back to God and and trying to say, interpret this for me, God. What am I missing? How can you help me here? Help me find you and someone else. Right, right, exactly. And since we got to come to the end of this show, you know, we appreciate everything. Go to ChristianCarGuy.com to find out more about it. And remember, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went and got it all done in 33 years. (laughs) 